Hello, my name is Wayne McGay, the third host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you're a, a returning listener and that you've enjoyed the previous installments of this podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you don't know who I am, a little bit about myself, I cover Florida State for the Tallahassee Democrat. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. I've <clears throat> I attend every football game, home away, bowl game, practice every time Willie Taggart speaks and we'll get into what he said during his press conference a little bit later but every time Willie Taggart speaks every time a player speaks anytime an assistant coach speaks I'm there uh, basketball I cover all basketball home games as well as as any NCAA tournament games I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year. Baseball, I cover uh, baseball home games and any postseason games. I was out in Omaha for the College World Series two, two years ago when Florida State made it out there. And I also cover every major and pretty much every minor recruiting um, event that Florida State has. Junior days, uh, camps, you know, I, I'm there. So... I have a pretty uh, pretty good view about what's going on around the three major sports at Florida State and just the state of the programs overall. So I hope you'll uh, you'll enjoy this podcast as we uh, we get into our breakdown of the or my breakdown of the Florida State win over Northern Illinois and uh, just what we saw in film review, what Willie Taggart had to say about the win, and um, you know three players that. You know, in the second segment, we'll discuss three players that really stood out and three players that I think need to uh, need to pick it up a little bit. Um, but just uh, just going back, this this was a huge win for Florida State. Um, you know, Florida State lost this game; they might not have won another game this year. I mean, this is a this is a big, huge win for the Seminoles as far as confidence goes. You know, making sure the the entire team doesn't fracture apart because Florida State's defense through the first four games had played pretty well. Uh, and the offense through the first three games had been pretty awful. Uh, and by awful, I mean like among the worst in the country, terrible. Um, but Florida State managed to put up 37 points against the best defense that they uh, that they faced so far this season. I mean, uh, Northern Illinois came into the game ranked uh, at 13th. In the S and P Plus advanced statistics, they're a very good football team um, on the defensive side of the ball. Their offense was was terrible, and um, you know they got they got 19 points off of one big play bust and then two short fields. Uh, they scored 13 points off of turnovers. So you know Florida State uh, really dominated this game from start to finish, uh, which is you know obviously a really really nice thing to see if you're a Florida State fan just because that hadn't happened so far this year. Um, Florida State hadn't started fast. They hadn't gotten things going on the offensive side of the ball and were faced with a deficit. I mean, Florida State came into the Northern Illinois game leading for four minutes the entire season, and that came in the final four minutes of the game against FCS opponent Samford. Um, So, you know, getting, uh, getting off to a fast start and then really taking it to uh, a very good Northern Illinois defense on the first two drives was um, was very impressive. Things bogged down a little bit in the second quarter. Florida State had a couple of uh, had a couple of long drives um, that resulted in field goals. Uh, mistakes that Florida State made. We'll get into those. Um, 
but Florida State had a couple of long drives that ended field goals. Another drive that seen, you know, the Florida State's third drive of the game looked to be, you know, they, they looked to be moving on down the field again and ready to score again. And then uh, a fumble happened. You know, Florida State continues to put the ball in the ground at a high rate, even the ones that aren't recovered. Um, so it's it's been a it's been a big issue for Florida State, and that turned into 13 Northern Illinois points. And then, um, you know, they had they did have the one big big bust play that it resulted in a 66-yard touchdown pass. Um, but other than that, I mean, Florida State played very, very, very well. Um, when you're grading on the, on, the, on the curve of what they played the first three games, um, there's still a lot of issues that Florida State has to get going. The running game, for example, Florida State just couldn't get anything going in the running game. Uh, they averaged like 3.2 yards per carry uh, between Akers and Patrick, um, you know, when before the game was uh, was decided. You know, Florida State tacked on a late touchdown to make it uh, an 18-point victory. It would have been a 11-point uh, victory if Florida State had just taken a knee and run out the clock, but they um, got the offensive line some more reps, got Amir Azul some reps, and uh, and uh, put the ball in the end zone with second, seven seconds left to make it 18. But it was, um, you know, just overall, you know, you have to be happy about this if you're a Florida State fan. I, I understand that a lot of people were upset about the way the uh, the offense played in the second and third quarter. Um, you know, I believe Florida State only threw the ball seven times in the second half, like, period. Um, which is obviously not something that, that you're really looking, you know, you're, they're not something that you're going to be happy about. Um but Florida State wanted to wanted to get the uh, get the run game going. I mean, they they Willie Taggart made it a point in last week to talk about how much they needed to get the run game going, and he stuck with that. Florida State threw the ball seven times. They ran the ball twenty eight times in the second half. Um, in the first half, they ran the ball twenty nine times and had twenty five passes. So it was much more balanced in the first half, and that's why the offense looked better. But with Florida State. Um, you know, it was never closer than a than a ten point lead for Florida State going through the um, you know at, at, after the after Florida State went up fourteen nothing, it was never closer than ten points. So Florida State used to use that game to try and build up some running game, build up some confidence, and it also happened to coincide with Juwan Williams coming in to the game at left tackle and Florida State just really choosing not to throw when he was in the game period but it was also a concerted effort for Florida State to try and get the run game going now it didn't work um but the extra reps were there and that's the reason for that uh Florida State felt in in control of the game um but that that was the reason for that you'll notice that you know when uh when Northern Illinois made it a 23 to it was 23 to 13 and then they almost caught a touchdown pass that would have brought the game back within 3 but the receivers ruled uh, was ruled out of bounds and rightly so he was out of bounds twice on that catch so the no catch was allowed and then they missed the field goal and then two passes later Florida State's in the end zone on a 78 yard touchdown pass to Tamori and Terry um, you know just to put it a little more out of reach than it was so uh, when when Florida State felt that the game was in control and they had control of the game, Willie Taggart decided to go and work some um, on the running game, and uh, it just it just didn't work out. And you know, a lot of that was a lot of you know running side to side 
Um, some of the biggest issues I think that Florida State's having right now is that there's too much east-west and not enough north-south. Um, they've got to do a better job of that. The little like shovel pass they do coming across the, uh, you know, when a receiver's coming across, usually it's Nyquan Murray, but a lot of those, like some of the times they're working. Um, when Trayshawn Harrison ran it early in the game, it went for 12 yards. <clears throat> Nyquan Murray did it, and I believe it lost eight on third down. Um, you know, there's just, there's too much running, uh, east-west, not enough north-south, and I think really there's just not a lot of holes that are opening up, and when the holes are there, Cam Akers, specifically Cam Akers, because I think Jock S. Patrick's been a little bit better at this, but Cam Akers is not being patient enough. He's trying to break the big play. He's taking and he's trying to, you know, instead of getting north-south, he's, he's running He's running backwards. Uh, there were a couple plays I saw that where he'd take, he'd take a handoff, and then instead of, you know, taking a, a one-yard loss, he'd try to bounce it even further back, and it would run um, it would end up being like a six-yard loss. So, you know, I think he needs to be far better at that. Um, we'll get in, you know, we'll get into a little more Cam Akers um, a little bit later in this podcast. But overall, I mean, it was just a solid, solid win for Florida State. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 really nice to have this type of win heading into a conference game against a, a Louisville opponent that's really struggling. They uh, managed three points against Mighty Virginia earlier uh, on Saturday, and it was just, uh, yeah, this is... Florida State's path to bowl eligibility is becoming more clear. They have they had to win this past week. They have to beat Louisville. They cannot afford to lose uh, Louisville if they want a chance to get to six wins. We'll get into that a little bit more um, in the podcast later in the week. But before we get into that, we all love a night out. And whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on Florida State, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off on orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no space, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. <clears throat> so make a memory that will last a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you on your way to get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into the second part of our segment, which is three up, three down. So I'm going to give you three players that uh, really stood out and had a you know just awesome games, and uh, three players that really need to step it up going forward that have you know that have struggled a little bit this season, and you know it, it's it's kind of a recurring theme with these three players, but we're going to need to see more of them as it goes on. In the final segment, we'll talk about what Willie Taggart had to say about um, during his dinner's press conference today, but jumping right in. We're going to start off with the good. Um, I, I want to highlight Marvin Wilson's performance. He's not, I mean, he's not dominating the stat sheet, right? I mean, he, he's, he's not dominating the stat sheet, but man, has he been impressive. I mean, just truly impressive. 
um, with how with how well he's played. He's eating double teams. He's taking and providing penetration. He's getting like he he's pushing the pocket back. And these are things that don't show up in the stat sheet. He's only credited with two tackles. I think he probably should have been credited with half a sack at least um, on one of the plays. But I was truly impressed with what he's he was able to do against Northern Illinois. I mean he he's getting he's got a good get off. He's and he's he's still getting into football shape. So once he continues to get his game reps up and get more in shape, this kid is going to be a, a, just a, a nightmare for opposing teams. Um, he, I mean, he was he was very good <clears throat> against uh, Northern Illinois. I mean, he, he was uh, he was very good using his hands. He didn't get pushed back by double teams. In fact, he beat the double team a couple times to provide uh, to provide pressure. So uh, Marvin Wilson, I thought, was the best player on Florida State's defense during the game. Um, you could go with Kyle Myers, who had his first two sacks and uh, did very well in coverage. But I thought Marvin Wilson was the best player on Florida State's defense. Um, DeAndre Francois, I thought he, he, did, a, he did a much better job of... Um, of stepping up into the pocket. One of his biggest issues has been where the, when the offensive tackles try to run a defensive end around him, Francois still standing there at the top of the pocket. They want him, they've wanted him to step up more, step into throws and uh, use the full pocket rather than just sitting back there as a sitting duck for, for tackles and not, and not letting his uh, offensive tackles run those defensive ends by. So I thought he would did a much better job of that. Um, You know, he, he had a couple throws, the throw, on the uh, his one interception on the pass to Trey McKitty was just horrendous. But other than that, I thought he played a really, really solid game. Um, you know, he, he was accurate with the ball. The ball that he threw to Keith Gavin on the sideline on third down, just a drop over the shoulder was um, was a phenomenal throw. I mean, it doesn't he, he couldn't have thrown that ball any better um, on that play. So I thought he did a I thought he did a pretty good job, and I've beaten him up a little bit over uh, over the past three podcasts, just talking about how um, how much he struggled, and you know I thought he was better. Um, I thought he was better on the reads uh, when he was asked to run. He did pull down a few times and um, and uh, you know take take a handoff. Now a lot of them weren't successful, but I do think that they were the right reads at that point in time, and that's that's progress for him. So. Uh, I think that he uh, he probably played his best game of the season so far, and he uh, outside of the McKitty interception and one or two plays, I thought he played uh, played very well. Um, the next player that I'm going to highlight is Treshawn Harrison, uh, true freshman, but man, is he special! That kid needs the ball more. Um, you know, he he pulled the. Uh, he pulled out the uh, the spin move twice on the same play, made a couple guys miss, got a first down uh, late in the half on a couple drives or on the on one of the final two drives of Florida State's uh, first half. I mean, he was he was awesome. Um, he needs to learn when to get upfield a little bit more. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get on that, but I mean, he made uh, he's he's just like a human joystick, man. Just watching him go back and forth and just make guys miss in space was was truly a pleasure to watch. If you enjoy the game of football and you enjoy what you're going to enjoy watching this kid, watching this kid play because he's just, I mean, he's, he's a lightning rod. Um, every time he touches the ball, you're waiting for something to have something good to happen. Um, and at the wide receiver position, it's been a long time since Florida States had a player that 
you know, at least for me, gave me that reaction. DJ Matthews is supposed to be that guy, but Florida State hasn't been able to find ways to get him the ball um, in that type of setting. Um, now, when he's returning punts and, you know, Florida State's not getting penalties, he's a special player. Um, but they haven't been able to get him involved like that in the uh, in the passing game. But when Treshawn, I mean, watching Treshawn just play and and play as well as he did was was a pretty awesome sight because it's been a long time since a true freshman um, had that type of impact. But moving on to the three players that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of down on that didn't have great games that need to bounce back. And number one on the list is Cam Akers. We discussed him earlier, but he averaged 2.9 yards per carry. Um, He's not being patient. He's not um, like, he doesn't have a lot of room to work with a lot of his, a lot of the time. Like he do, he just doesn't. He doesn't have the room to work with that he needs to to be successful. But when he does have the room to work with, he's not like he's not showing the vision that he needs to see. He's taking he's making the wrong cuts at times. He's taking the wrong holes at times. Um, he's just not being as patient patient as he should be. And um, you know he, he needs to calm it down and stop trying to hit the big play. Um, you know take the the four or five yard gains because right now those are hard to come by. You know, take stop trying. You know, take the one yard loss instead of the six yard loss. You know, just get get upfield. Um, you know, Acres is a guy that I thought would have a ton of success this year, and that just hasn't happened because Florida State's offensive line hasn't been able to provide much of a push in the run game. But it's also a lot of it's on him. Um, not a lot of it. I will say some of it is on him. Not a lot of it. The offensive line takes the majority of the blame here. Because they're not, they're just not finding success. Um, but <clears throat> I think that if Florida State's going to, you know, to build off of this, uh, to build off of this win, it's going, you know, Cam Akers is going to need to be a big part of that, and they're going to have to get better going forward. Um, the next player that I thought that I think has been you know, not very good. Uh, that I think really needs to step up is Levante Taylor. Uh, he's been in bad position. He's been beaten. He was beaten for another touchdown. Just guy looked wide open um, from a pretty bad offense um, in the right after. It was right after one of one of Florida State's turnovers. So it's short field, but he's been uh, he's been beaten a few times this year and hasn't really lived up to the preseason hype. You know that I. I'm. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I was one of the guys that uh, was a true believer in Levante Taylor, and he just he hasn't backed up uh, the confidence that I had in him um, so far this season. He he needs to be more physical. He needs to play better, closer to the line of scrimmage, and he needs to play with better technique. And none of that is happening right now. And the final player that you know really needs to step up, or maybe maybe not, is uh, Mike Arnold. He was benched about halfway through the game. Um, he really struggled and entered. Uh, Arthur Williams came in for him and actually looked really good. I was really impressed by what I saw from Arthur Williams. Um, but he, he replaced Mike Arnold, and I thought the offensive line got significantly better with uh, with Arthur Williams in there over Mike Arnold. Um, he just you know he, he doesn't he doesn't identify you know who he's supposed to be blocking quickly enough. He doesn't he doesn't process it quickly enough to get um to get things going and uh, that's that's been a big issue. It cost Florida State um multiple yards multiple times when he was 
you know, they, they had Brady Scott pulling at right tackle, and Mike Arnold was supposed to pick up the defensive end, but he didn't pick him up until too late, and it disrupted the play on what, you know, should have been a pretty big game. But um, I'm not sure if we're going to see him back in the starting lineup again. I think Arthur Williams played well enough that he's going to take that job. Um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. But in the, in the last segment, we'll talk about what Willie Taggart had to say at his press conference today. And then in tomorrow's segment, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about the offense and the improvement that we saw. We get to talk to offensive coordinator Walt Bell and a number of offensive players tomorrow. But before we get into the final segment, the wait is over. Football's here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, which apparently I'm not because I drafted Tom Brady in the second round and he got me seven and a half points last night, then FanDuel is clearly the place, place, uh, place, place to play for you. I'm going to get that right. Uh, FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. <clears throat> New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. You know, I love playing fantasy football. I especially love playing fantasy football against my friends. I like uh, talking trash, even though I'm going to be one and two after this week. But if you enjoy playing fantasy football with your friends, FanDuel has made it so much easier to do that. There's a new way to. Um, there's a new way for you to play against your friends. They made it so much easier. So remember, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So make sure to go to FanDuel.com. If you love fantasy football or if you're just trying it out, FanDuel's the place to play for you. Thanks for sticking with me for the final segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the first two segments so far. We're going to be talking a little bit about what Willie Taggart had to say about the um, about Northern Illinois' game. And, um, you know, he... He was optimistic today. It was it was a very optimistic Willie Tiger. He said um, that he thinks that this or he hopes that this this game against Northern Illinois can be a turning point for Florida State this season. The players were more upbeat. They're more confident, and it you know that's going to go a long way. They're starting to believe in themselves again. And that's going to go a long way as they continue to get used to this offense and get more reps and just get more confidence. Uh, but he said it started last week with two players-only meetings. We only knew about one, but there were two players-only meetings. And he, he started to see the players different at practice. Um, there was a different edge, a different mentality. And he really thought that it picked it up, and they carried it over to the game. Um, you know, Tamori Ontario said after the game that the team's just tired of losing. They were pissed off. They were ready to go out. And, uh, you know, after the Syracuse game, they, they, they weren't happy with the way that they were playing offense, defense. Nobody was happy. So they um, they got together and they they talked it out and they came out resolved to be a better football team and for the most part they were um, they looked like a completely different team than the one we saw against Syracuse and Syracuse's defense is far worse than the one we saw um, than the one Florida State played on Saturday against Northern Illinois I mean that I, I can only say it so many times because people are like oh it's Northern Illinois it's not a big win that's a top fifteen defense. They came into this. They came into that game against Florida State as a top fifteen defense. Florida State scored twenty more points than Utah did. They scored four more points than Iowa did, and I um and um you know Iowa got a got a defensive score. So in in all actuality, it was ten more points than Iowa did. So you know th- this is a this is a Northern Illinois 
defense that had played good opponents and was ranked in the uh, in the top 15. So Florida State built some confidence, and he, he talked about just how much that's, you know, he thinks that's going to mean for this team and just how important that was. Um, I asked him about how, yeah, when I went back and watched the game, I was very concerned with how many high snaps uh, Alec Everly had. Uh, so I went back and counted. He had 26 high snaps and two low snaps on 90 snaps. One of one of them came on a penalty when uh, Florida State was called for a false start. Um, but the snap was high, so I counted it uh, because it came after the snap. But um, So just about 30% of the snaps Florida State was... Uh, or Alec Everly was off on. Um, you know, there were some of them, probably like, you know, 50%, that were just a little bit high, but still affected Francois' ability to get, um, you know, to, to he has to take his eye off the defense to catch the ball. You know, you don't want that. You want it right in the chest where he can catch the ball and keep his eye on the defense. You don't want him having to look for the ball, um, especially not if it's coming right at his face, and then he has to bring it down, and that's just an extra second where he doesn't know where the defense is. So that's... Um, it was a little bit concerning that there were like five or six that were, uh, you know, where he had to reach up over his head to grab him. And then there was the one that obviously cost Florida State uh, a chance at a touchdown. Ended up with a 50-yard field goal. But it was, you know, that, that was a huge play. And I think that's, you know, Taggart said he didn't notice it. I'm, I think he's just trying to defend his senior center here. I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that he, he's... How do I say this? I don't think he's ignoring the fact that there were that there were some that there were bad snaps. I think he's just trying to protect the senior center um, who's gone through a lot of criticism during his time at Florida State. But yeah, that's uh, that was one of the most concerning things to me from watching the film um, was just how many bad snaps Everly had and how you know Florida State's going to get that corrected. And you could see Francois as the game went on, he's getting. He was getting uh, more concerned with it because he was like jumping as soon as the ball was snapped because he's he was expecting to have to go up and get it. So that's that's also concerning um, just because it's something that Francois is developing a habit for. Uh, he talked about how the the offense has been putting the ball on the ground, and you know it goes back to fundamentals. And he was obviously not happy about that, and that's something they're going to work on, but. Florida State has 10 turnovers against FBS opponents and his force is zero. It's the worst mark in the country, and it's obviously costing Florida State points. It cost Florida State 13 points against NIU. It cost Florida State a ton of points against Syracuse. It cost Florida State a ton of points against uh, Virginia Tech. So it, it's th- those are those are the issues uh, that, that Willie Taggart, you know, really talked about. He talked about how the offensive line got better and how there was more cohesion. And, um, you know, it overall it was, I mean, it was a good optimistic, optimistic press conference. There were still some, you know, some negative questions asked and I asked one of them about, about Everly not being, um, you know, about struggling with his snaps, but overall, you know, it was, it was good to see Taggart have, have some optimism. You know, the, the last three press conferences have just been brutal when it comes to it because, you know, they barely beat Sam Samford. Uh, they didn't have one after Virginia Tech, but, um, and then the one after Syracuse was brutal. 
just because they lost 30 to seven to Syracuse. I mean, how, how do you explain that? <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was good to see him be more upbeat. It was like he got, got a little bit of confidence back. I think those first two drives, Florida State uh, put together two drives, 21 plays, 145 yards, and two touchdowns, didn't commit a single penalty. That's something to build off of. Those drives were, you know, they got a little bit lucky twice, but, you know, with the way he, uh, way Florida State's luck's been over the first three games, they were due some of that. But, you know, the second drive was just a thing of beauty, moving right down the field and uh, putting the ball in the end zone. So, you know, it was, it was good that they're going to be able to get some confidence off that. They hit the big play to Terry. And then they had some other drives that were good that led to field goals, like I talked about earlier. But, you know, just the offense moving the ball down the field consistently is a good sign. Obviously, we'll see how that goes against the Louisville team where Florida State is favored by five on the road at Louisville. Don't ask me how that's you know going on, but Louisville did only score three points against mighty Virginia. So I guess I could see it, but um, we'll, uh, we'll break down Louisville uh, on the podcast sometime later this week, usually on Thursdays and Fridays. We'll do that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the offense and what Florida State did right tomorrow, but For this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to me talk about Florida State. Uh, I enjoy it. I hope you're enjoying it too. If you did enjoy it, make sure to like, subscribe, favorite, whatever it is on your your podcast side of choice so you can get back to it uh, whenever we drop the next episode, which will be tomorrow. Uh, It's a daily podcast, only 30 minutes long every time. Uh, Monday through Friday. So I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee. Have a wonderful day.